0: Great. So let's continue with our discussion on loyalty and disloyalty. Amen. This is a short discussion. By the time you open your eyes and close it again, we are done. Amen. Now I've I've told you that loyalty is a protection for the church. When the church has a strong spirit of loyalty, it protects the church, it protects the members. Amen. Amen. It, prote- it not only protects the church, but it protects even the members of the church. That what you are building, what you are sacrificing your time to build is preserved through a strong culture of loyalty. Now, when you don't have that culture, your church is not safe. Your church is volatile. What it means is that it's insecure. It can break down at any time. I met a pastor this week at the barbering shop, and he was was describing a situation where he he has built a church with another pastor, his assistant pastor, And the church is established, so he decided he's coming to Marysburg to come and plant another church. And he left the assistant pastor there. And he came to Marysburg to come and plant another church. And he came last year. As he's busy trying to plant the church, the next thing he hears is that his pastor, who is assistant pastor who is there, has the Lord has spoken to him. No, the Lord. The Lord has spoken to him to start his own ministry. And he has taken half of the church to start a new church. So the church that was taking care of the church here in Marysburg to make sure that it's planted has split. Spot the church crowd. That now he has not. So now he goes. So he was telling me that from this year... He's been going to Deban every Sunday. Then I told him that, don't worry, it's powerful. Me too, I was going to Deban every Sunday the whole of last year. But I wasn't going for the reason why you are going anyway. And I saw that we are blessed. Amen. I was going to Deban every Sunday, but not because there's an orangu in Durban. And then as I went, the whole year that I was there, nobody, it didn't even occur to anybody to split the church, even just 10% of the church. Do you get it? Just take the tithe of the church to start another church. It didn't even cross anybody. If, if it crossed your mind, yeah, I didn't see it. And God has forgiven you. But I'm saying that. It didn't cross anybody's mind. Why? Because God has blessed us with a culture of loyalty in our ministry. So, it's a message we must love. It's a message we must embrace. It's a message that we must always want it preached or support. I mean, when it's being preached, we must support. It's like our lives are... Imagine the church. We split the church here. Here. This place. This place. Zion and... Can, can you imagine what will happen? I mean, just look at who. who I mean, Jody. Look at. Imagine. You, you, do you get? We split it here. We spot a beautiful thing. Somebody's husband will be on the other side. Somebody's potential beloved will be caught at this side. <laughs> if if we split it diagonally, diagonally, whichever way, you just pull a beautiful thing. Amen. So, love it. Amen. Love the message. It fights demons. Look, this message, when you preach it, you see that. You can see demons. If you want to see demons, preach this message. Wow. So, I said, now, if loyalty is such a great thing, how does somebody become disloyal? And we said, the person goes through a whole process. And this process starts with independence, which now opens you up into offense. Now, offense is a demon. Offense is a demon. It's a, last week, I told you what, how they come into the steel. When people are going to, they put a small demon, a small thief into the place. Then he will go and open the big door. Offense is that small demon. They push a small person through a window sometimes when you look at the space you wonder can a human being pass there but a human being can pass there a human being can pass there see the offense will pass and get by Jesus said then shall many be offended and betray one another so what brings the betrayal is offense when somebody is hurt and I said that it's also because of this same Jesus who said that as for offenses they will come so Offense will by all means come. Don't feel that if you are in the, don't find it strange if you are in the church and something offends you. Don't find it strange if you are in your marriage and something offends you. Don't find it strange if you are beloved dozing nicely and something happens that offends you. It's natural for offenses to come. But when the offense you can have a friend who has, if you have a friend who has never offended you your friendship is not secure. You you are two pretenders. Hello? You are all pretending. As you are moving, you are pretending with each other, oh, everything is fine, everything is the way I like. What do I mean that nothing has of, like the person has not done anything that you didn't like? It's like this person there, he always does what I like. Hey! There's nowhere like that. Today, I was watching Bishop preaching, and he said he was making a list of perfect churches so that if you don't want to be offended, immediately after the service, we can give you that list. Then you go to one of those churches, that, the perfect churches. So he took a... Let me have your notebook and your pencil. Then he started to make the list. Then he wrote, wrote the churches... They wrote the churches and their addresses. And then the bath roots. Then he finished writing all of them. Then he gave it to somebody to read. When he gave it to them, he said, what is there? Blank. <laughs> There's no church like that. There's no church like that. So as an offense, they will come. But don't let the offense stay with you forever to destroy you. Because that's, that's where all of it begins. I mean, how many of you since you were born, you have never gotten hurt before? As in a saw, a saw, physical saw. You've not got a cut or you've not fallen down or some, who, who hasn't? Who hasn't? Everybody, some of you have even, I mean, you can even get a saw at the back of your head. Here. I mean, if you see a guy who has got a saw here, and it's not from stabbing. That's a dangerous guy, you have to be afraid. I mean, how wild did you play? I mean, how well did you place that you are head? I mean, you got a sore at your back. Why? How? <laughs> back. Back of your head. That's how life is. But all of us, when we get a sore, what do we do? We treat it. So that it doesn't get infected and rot and to the point where they have to even cut off your arm or your leg or wherever you've got in the sore. That's how offense also is. Once something offends you, treat it. Treat it before it destroys you. Treat it. Treating the head doesn't mean that it's your fault. It doesn't, it's actually the right thing to do. Treat the head so that it doesn't kill you. And I'm saying this hurt or this this problem of offense, it leads to the next stage of disloyalty, which is what? Passivity. When people are offended, they withdraw, they pull away, they stop talking to you, they stop smiling with you. They don't smile at you anymore. They don't talk to you anymore. They don't call you anymore. They don't WhatsApp you anymore. They don't check on you anymore. Before every day, they used to check on you. Every time. Say, hi, baby, how you doing? Oh, I just called to check on you. Hello, darling, are you at work? Have you you had lunch? So, it's only 10 o'clock. Oh, I'm talking about the tea break. (laughs) Every five minutes, they will call you. They can WhatsApp you 37 times. Hey! But when, when offense comes in and it is allowed to have its effect, now they don't WhatsApp you anymore. They don't call you anymore. When you ask, they say they don't have data. When you ask, they say they don't have this. When they have, they say they don't have that. When you ask, they say the, the Wi-Fi was not working. When you ask, the, the hotspot wasn't hot enough. When you ask, they, they say, I forgot my phone at home. Wow. Wow. I forgot to turn on my data. That, I me, mean, that's the one that kills me the most. I forgot to turn on my data. How were you managing before you got offended? You could remember all the time to turn on your data. Now suddenly you've forgotten how somebody will say, I forgot, I forgot my password. Yeah. Hey. They have withdrawn. Their offense is beginning to have its effect. So they withdraw. Withdraw. No, no some will leave the group. Some don't respond on the group again. They become quiet. Anything. Recently, I had a meeting with some people that I am on a group with. And I asked them that, look, when I put a message on the group, who, who one intelligent person in the group should tell me who do they think I'm talking to? Dr. Landa, let's say if you are on a group, we are all in a group, a group of medical doctors. Okay. Then the head of department puts a message there. Who do you think he's talking to? I told that this girl, when she talks, I can't hear. <laughs> 70 years of relationship, when she talks, I can't hear. Talking to the mic maybe to make it better. Who do you think she's the, the head of the department is mr kumalu what dr kumalu who do you think dr kumalu is talking to he's talking to the doctors in the group the doctors that are in south africa no in that group the doctors that are in KwaZulu Natal? natal no. but which doctors you see even it's with the deep. microphone you see that you can't hear <laughs> <laughs> the doctors on the group yes. thank you so i sent a message on a group that I am on with my pastors. And then some will say something, some will not say something. So I wanted to find out, who do they think I'm talking to? I lied. they were about 70 of them. I lied all of them up. Then I took one message. I went, to, if you didn't respond, if you respond, you said that. If you didn't respond, we fire you. Yeah, because you are the one I'm talking to. <laughs> who else am I talking to? Melanie, can you imagine? Who am I talking to? You. But when people are offended, they are on the group. Oh, they won't say anything. One of our groups, I'm doing ethnic cleansing on the group. Removing everybody who... All the, I'm going to start with a group. Then when I finish, I come to another. Those who don't say anything, remove all of them. I'm going to advertise it. You watch the space. So that we can, we can just be left with those who say... I mean, when you talk to them, they talk to you. When you talk to them, then they talk. Then we can talk because you don't want to talk. So they don't be on the group. Why you don't want to talk, but you want to listen to us? We should talk. And you listen. Then when you finish listening, you can criticize us. No. Let's all talk so that we can all make mistakes and we can all laugh at each other. That's all. That's all. I laugh at you small, you laugh at me small, but we are all there. We are all committing ourselves. Not that you are just there. All you say is noted. Copy amen. Go and say your amen somewhere else. Sure. Powerful. Sometimes even you put a, you don't even want to type so you put somebody who's smiling. Oh pastor but I put somebody who's smiling. I also put back there does I care? Does, does I care? Does I care? T-I-F is what? GIF is what? Which one is that? The one that they thing is like it's trying to move. Oh, okay. So you put Mr. Bean there. They redraw. Spa, they stop talking to you, They just even when they smile, they smile 30% then they Then they they, they smile like GIFs. Their smile is a GIF. It doesn't get complete. As soon as, watch out for people who used to be happy with you, talk to you, suddenly they don't talk to you again. They don't, even when a relationship is spoiling, that's what it becomes. Don't talk anymore, don't smile anymore, don't respond. Anymore. It's, it's spoiling, just know that it's beginning to spoil. I say it's beginning to spoil. Offense has come to dilute it and poison it. Now, I said last week that when people don't talk to you, when people don't talk to you, It doesn't mean they don't talk at all. They are talking to somebody. And it's one of the reasons why they don't talk to you. They are talking to somebody. And the reason why they are not talking to you is that what they want to say, they can't say to you. They have to say it to somebody. Why? They are talking about you. Bible says, and Miriam and Aaron speak against Moses. Numbers 12. When they see Moses, hello, they are praying. Glory be to God. The Lord is moving. Yes, Lord. But when Moses left, they turned to each other and they spoke against Moses. Why did they speak? They spoke. What were they talking about? They talked about Moses' wife. They said, they, and they, because of the Ethiopian woman she, he had married. Then the Bible says, because he had married an Ethiopian woman. They were not happy with the person he chose to marry. They were not happy. They're all the South Africans here. He bypassed all of them and he married an Ethiopian. Hey. Some of them said he could have married a a voluptuous woman. He has married a slim woman. If you ask them, ah, but does he consent? Say, oh no, he's my pastor. He must have a. We are fighting for our pastor. This girl is not good enough for our pastor. She's too skinny. She's too tall. She's too short. She's Even she's short. When the pastor is looking for her, the pastor can't find her. Oh. I always pity pastors who are not married because the day they marry, half of the congregation will become offended. Yeah. We don't agree with the decision he has made. But they won't tell you. They will tell other people. Miriam was telling Aaron or Aaron was telling Miriam. And I said, don't criticize God's servants. You can criticize footballers. I mean, you can criticize Cristiano. I mean, my children are always arguing between Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. Always. The tall one is with the tall one and the short one is with the short one. That's all. Always. Always. It's fine. It's not a problem. But with the time you start arguing Between shepherd guy and prophet one, the next thing that comes is a curse. Yeah. Do you know why when you criticize Ronaldo, nothing happens to you? Because there's no scripture in the Bible. Thou shall not criticize a footballer who gets, a striker who gets a chance to score and doesn't score. There's no scripture like that. There's no scripture. You can criticize all the Chiefs players, nothing will happen to you. Don't crit- look. Don't criticize. When Miriam and Aaron speak against Moses, Bible says God heard it and He called them for a meeting. As they were having the meeting, before even Miriam could explain what he oh just gave her leprosy. Oh, there, yeah, just take leprosy and be there. Simple, simple, simple and short. Yeah, let me just show you who's in charge. Take leprosy, just. And do you know what leprosy is? At that time, leprosy was the incurable disease, a disease that cannot be cured, cannot be diagnosed, therefore cannot be cured. Incurable. So if today it's like cancer or HIV or one of these wild diseases, the doctor doesn't know what is wrong with you. They are just doing test after test after test after test. Then the next test is how you died. Curable disease. So, don't criticize pastors. Look, sometimes, sometimes it's even good you just keep quiet because like as, as a pastor, there have been things that I've seen when I was a younger pastor that I never, I didn't even agree with. But as I'm growing and I'm going through the things, I'm realizing that hey, these guys, the guys I didn't agree with, they really forced I mean, they are forced. I'm telling you. They have re- I Look at it and say, hey, you had all these precious. I, I need to even give you a gift. You've done very well. Meanwhile, if I had opened my mouth at that, I would have criticized them. Some of you are criticizing your mother today. Uh, she didn't do this. We, we are waiting for you. When you are 47, we'll we will see. Have you been 47 before? Since you have not been 47 before, wait. Just keep quiet. Okay? Just keep quiet. Hey, this is my mother. And when she was in school, she won't study hard. She's just going around with boys. Um, look, at what, look at how her life has become. Look, look some, some of you, you are the beginning of the problem for your mother. Until you appeared, your mother was fine. No, no no she wasn't expecting you she just went out for drinks But the nine months later booyah, you came around yeah. no 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 she was not expecting you she had not planned for you she just went out with Jumbu for drinks just before she was going to write my trick, nine months later you appeared. That's how come she failed matric. She couldn't go back to school. And you too, you won't be a quiet child. Always crying. They can't leave you with their neighbors. They can't leave you with anybody. You cry. Ah. So now she had to stop. And that's how come she's where she is today. But you have opened your big mouth like the Zimbabwe, And you are talking. Yeah. Hmm. Tell your neighbor, don't say things that have nothing to do with you. Now, when people start to criticize and they criticize for some time, they graduate to the next stage of disloyalty, which is the political stage. The political stage. Political stage. The political state. Because they are talking to people. Yeah. Now, what is politics? Politics is, I'm on this side, we are on that side, this is my side, this is my group. We are the ANC, we are the EFF, we are the, which other parties? is the DA. There are three parties, né? ANC, DA, IFP, EFF, IFP, as is, Mungusutu, Butelezi. Yeah, so it's like, a cope still there. Okay. No problem, no problem. Now, politics is groups. Groups. Going to groups. So, when people get to this day, because they've been talking, and they've been talking to various people, they, they, they begin to go into a group like I spoke to, this brother, he seemed to understand what I was saying. That the pastor didn't do well at all because I invited a sheep to the church. And then, when the person came to that, when the pastor was preaching in the middle of the preaching, then the person was just sending a message on her phone to her ex boyfriend to say that he's very sorry because the message that the pastor preached had really moved, moved, moved her heart. So she was apologizing to her ex boyfriend. Then the pastor saw her and came and said, priest, don't send a message whilst I am preaching. And then she said, but the pastor shouldn't have come to stop her from sending her. Said, oh yeah, me too. He stopped my friend. She was going out during the He said, come and sit down. So he said, ah, hmm, okay. Then it's like we have this in common. So gradually we are forming a group, a group of offended church members or bacenta leaders. And we begin to form. That's politics. So in our church, we don't encourage these groupings: lonely Zimbabweans association, single Ethiopian men in the church association, hot South African brothers association. No, we don't. We don't. We don't have those groups in the church. We are all one group, we are all one group. Yeah. Sisters looking for beloveds association. So when we are coming to church, we wear the same color, we put the same thing in our hair, then we come. Then we come and sit at this side. Sisters, lonely sisters looking for beloveds association. Then they are sitting here. Unavailable, unavailable sisters association. Then it's like we sit here unavailable. We are not available. Unavailable sisters. Me, the one that kills me, is lonely Zimbabwe. It's like lowly Zimbabwe association. Oh. Proud Ghanaians Fellowship. We are here. We are the the proud, proudly Ghanaian Fellowship. We are here. Yeah. PG <laughs> BG What? <laughs> BGF. Proud Ghanaian Fellowship. Proud. I mean Proud Ghanaian Fellowship. Yeah, we are here. And associates. The associates as are uh, the Ghanaians who have married. South African spouses, the spouses are the associates. Uh. Yeah. Short men against tall brothers association. Yeah. Short men. Short men against tall brothers. Short men against tall brothers association. I mean, what a group. Hey. Remember, David, you can easily be the president anyway. <laughs> uh, we don't encourage groups in the church. Why? It's Paul's the church. We have our own groups in the church, which is Basontes. Basantes, that's our official groups in the church. Basantes, Basentes, Sentes. And do you know why this, We allow these groups. These groups are not homogeneous. It's not like a particular only short people can join the group, or only tall people can join the group, or only those from Burundi can join the group, or only South Africans can. No, it's like everybody, anybody can join the group. Anybody, you know. One day we went somewhere. we buying a car. As we were buying the car, the salesperson asked, we were talking about um, we were just inviting him to church. Then he asked us that, "Where are you guys from?" Then I said to him, "The question you have asked is a complex question." <laughs> so he looked at me and I said, "Oh, I'm not trying to be rude, but you see all of us here we are from all over the world this one is from Uganda this one is from Ghana this one is from South Africa this one is from here this one is from, we are we are united nations if i start to tell you you become confused so let's just leave it here we are from Pelham do you understand we are from Pelham that's all it's better like that yeah all our groups are like Everybody, if you are married, you can be in it. If you are not married, you can be in it. If you are, um, whatever, educated, you can be. If you are not educated, if you are employed, you can be. If you are not employed, you can be in it. If you are in school, anything. Rich, poor, everybody. Those are our groups. We don't have a special group. Church Gossips Association. (laughs) CGA. Yeah, Church Gossips Association. We meet on Fridays to gossip because that's the end of the week. We, we come and highlight all the events that have happened in the week. <laughs> agenda for this, this, this Friday. Events from Swollen Sunday. That's the agenda for this Friday. No. We are one family because going into groups... Spoils the church. And I said, How does it happen? When a person goes, graduates from criticism, he has spoken to different, different people. So he's trying to get them onto his side. Onto his side. People who empathize and sympathize with him. Then we are now one group. We form a political party. Yeah. When you read 2 Samuel 15, the Bible talks about our greatest example for disloyalty, Absalom. Absalom is a good example for a lot of bad things. May you not be a good example for a bad thing. Amen. Bible says Absalom, this guy Absalom, Bible says he rose up and he gathered chariots. And Absalom, and it came to pass that Absalom gathered chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him and he rose up early in the morning went into the, the gateway and then when anybody with a controversy or an issue came to the king for judgment Absalom would speak to the person so basically let me just, my, my time is, basically what Absalom was doing was that he was sitting at the gate to where the people were going to see the king then when anybody is coming with a problem he will ask, "What's ask where are you from what's your problem so, this happened, that happened, so I'm coming to see the king, and he said, aha, uh-huh. you see, there's nobody who's helping the king with his work, to help you with your case. Then he verse four says, but if I were to be king, verse 3, I think so, if I were to be made king, this is what I will do for you. This is what I will do for you. So, Absalom was just there telling them, you see, the pastor doesn't have time to see. You see, even small pastor, you are going to see. You have to sit in a queue for almost one hour. Is he a president or is the pastor? But if I was the pastor, this is, be careful of anybody who's trying to be you. Be careful. Like you are, you are in your, imagine ladies, you are in your house with your husband Then you have somebody also in the house. He was he, the person, she's she, anytime she's talking, she says, If I was the wife, if I was the wife, look, if you die by anything, she's the first suspect. No matter what happens, whether even natural cause, even if there's a lightning <laughs> from heaven and the lightning strikes you. She is the one who caused the lightning to come and strike you. I'm telling you. She knows something about it. Yeah. She knows something about it. She has paid whoever, the angel in charge of the lightning to make sure that the lightning strikes you. Yeah. Absalom said, it's because David is the king. If I was the king, this problem would never happen to you. But you know the way things are. I mean I'm not the king so you let me just be at where I am but if I was the king this thing I would never allow it to happen sometimes things happen you hear people if I was the pastor you are not the pastor please please do you know how difficult it is to gather even 10 people do you get it even 10 people to gather 10 people to gather 30 people to gather 50 people. You see, look, start with that. Before you start, if I was the pastor. That even shows you how far you are from being the pastor. It, I mean, it explains to you. Sometimes, you see, this is why I always, I mean, as soon as I see that you are showing a little seriousness, I send you to the field to go and bring forth fruit. Because going to the field to work practically shows you how complex the work is. And it saves you from a lot of demons. Because before, you see, if you are doing there and you are doing nothing, empty empty barrels make the most noise. It's like you are doing nothing, so you, you have to occupy yourself. So you have to find something to say. You have to find something to say. So you join the Church Gossip Association. You have to find something to say. And our meetings are on Fridays from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Venue is announced every Friday morning. There will be drinks to go with it. Yeah. So when you are not doing anything, you see, when you start doing something, eh, you realize that look, I sent you to in Bali. Go and gather people there. Look, the way you are busy trying to chase the members, then when you collect where well, you put it in your pocket, now I put it in your bag. Then one will jump out here. When you get to the church and you see the pastor is wild, shouting you understand you understand because you just your 10 people that you are gathering from in Bali what they are doing to you Hmm. Hmm. do you get it so it's like Absalom was sitting there just talking to the people you have this problem because I'm not the one in charge of the choir if I was in charge of the choir or if I was the one in charge of the ashes if I was in charge of the ashes, they would not have this problem in the church. No, 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 no. Oh. Hey, look, if I, was the, if I was the minister shepherd at Sweet Waters, we will never have this problem. Never, never. The water will be very sweet. I'll pour more sugar into the water. I'll pour more sugar into the water. Yeah. If I was the pastor, some of you sit at Woodlands and you criticize your pastor who's helping you to, 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 be, to even be born again. So, I don't think that, oh, pastor, he knows how to do it. If, if, if Bishop could just see and come and visit us and decide that from today, I shall be the pastor. Everybody, every ghost at ghost town will come to the church. if if I and bible says verses 10 to verse please put verses and let us all see it, it says and Absalom stole the heart you see it and on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment he spoke to everybody bible says so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel Not knowing, all they're talking. It was just to steal your heart. Stole the heart of the people. Took their heart away. By the time they realized, their heart had turned against the king. Be careful the people you talk to. Because anytime they are talking to you, they are trying to steal your heart. Whether intentionally or unintentionally. How do you judge a good relationship? By the time you finish interacting with the person your heart should be turned more towards God. Yeah, more towards God. More towards God. More towards God. But after this person has talked to you, you begin to have doubts. Eh. Oh. Eh. Really? Is it true? I didn't know. I've never thought about it this way before. Eh. Oh. From that time, anytime you come, I'm preaching, you'll be looking, hmm. Okay, maybe it's not true. Okay, it's not true. It's not true. Hey, but the way he's moving. mm. Anyway, let's leave it for tomorrow. Uh, On Friday evening, we'll discuss it. (laughs) We'll discuss it on Friday. (laughs) Yeah. So be careful. Absalom spoke to them by the time some feeling he had stolen their hearts from their king. From their king, no, he has stolen their Bible and he stole their hearts. Politics is about stealing your heart. It's about stealing your heart. Taking your heart from where it belongs. You begin, you see already, then your faith becomes. You used to trust, you used to love, but now it's like, hey, prince, let us walk with our eyes open, okay? Let us walk so we can see. We can see. We can see. We can see properly. You have just spoken to the wrong person. Just spoken to so be careful. Watch guard yourself. Whose side are we on? We are on God's side. That's the side we are. We are on God's side. And God is building his church. So we are on the side of the church. That's where if you want to know where God is on, just find out. God is building his church. So, anything that builds the church, that's where God is. It's as simple as that. And join it. Don't let anybody speak to you. And, and usually what happens is that when people begin to go into political begin groups, oh, they are four of, a lot of us think that the pastor is wrong. Four of us think that, oh, I don't think we really, no, 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 no. I think because of this thing, I think we don't support the pastor. Many church members, when they are going off, they think that everybody has turned against the pastor. Because maybe they talk to one or two people. Who Sometimes you talk to people, they are not bold enough to tell you the truth. Yeah, a lot of people are not bold enough when you are saying something is wrong, but they they don't have the strength to tell them, no, 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 what you are saying is wrong. And a lot of people are polite, so you are saying, oh, okay. Hmm." But it's not even necessarily that they agree with you. Then it pushes you into what we call deception. Because you feel that you have, I have all the Ghanaians on my side. Um, Or I have all the Zulus on my side. I have all the Zimites on my side. Mm, (laughs) I have all the Sutus on my side. You will be surprised. So, so it fits a certain deception that oh, we are a lot. We are, we, look, we are going to rise up and we are going to correct things. Around. The way you rise up, you see that you are the only one. Everybody says, uh, we were not happy at the way he shouted at the guy, but we, we, are, we are not that, that unhappy. <laughs> <clears throat> we are not that unhappy. No. We are unhappy, but not to that point of starting a, 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 a strike. No, then you see you are alone. Now, one of the things you should know before I close is that at every point in your life, know that the devil is trying to deceive you about something. In fact, you are more, it's more likely you are deceived about something. It's called current state delusion, CSD. Your, a delusion of your current state. <clears throat> When 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 you see when we finished Matric, finished Matric, um, I think there was a strike before we finished. So when we finished, the university had been on break and some, oh, some complex things. So they allowed my my group and the group ahead to all enter in the same year. So some of my mates went to first year. And we were still at home. I think my wife wife even was among those who went ahead. The clever ones went ahead. And we were sitting at home. We felt that they are so proud because now that they've gone to the university, they don't mind us anymore. It's like they think they are in the university and we are still um, in between high school and nowhere. So we are like, yeah. They are like that, they, this even when you are in high school, grade 12, you think that the world revolves around you. You think that the world revolves around you. It's like we are the, when they use the word matriculant for you, it's like the world revolves around you. You think that that's it, you have made it the same way. Those are the university they think the whole world is UK Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the America is in UK Z. Um, <laughs> everywhere is UK Z, Asia is in North America, South America, Africa, um, where again Australia, New Zealand, everything is in UK Z. You see that UK Z that is here, everything is there. And the way they even set up the university also feeds that delusion. Because they put a hospital in the university, they put a police station in the university, everything you need, they put it in the university. So it's like, the university is is supposed to be a world on its own. So that when you are inside, you don't go outside. So it's like, yeah, everything. I'm the ATM, everything is there. It's like, yeah, I'm the G. Even a saloon in the university. When you finish university, you feel that matric people are nobodies. University people, they are there. You don't even want to talk about it. They are lost. (laughs) They are totally lost. They are going nowhere to happen. We are the people who have finished university and we are are employed. We work. Yeah. Yeah. We can buy what we want to buy. Nobody can tell us anything to do. Yeah. That's how, if, every, if you like, look at the level you are at. You feel something. Even when you are employed, yeah. It's the, it's the delusion of your current state. Your current state. When you get a car, it's like, yeah, you are the you. Even sometimes when you don't have a car, I don't want to talk about Mazda today. When you don't have a car, you are deceived to think that having a car will solve all of your problems. This morning, this morning, I was driving around with a brother. He came to take a car from me last night. Then, this morning, I was driving around with him, then he said to me that he bought fuel into the car. (laughs) I said, okay. Then he said to me, after all the fuel he bought into the car, the fuel gauge did not move. I say, yes, <laughs> welcome to the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not like the gauge is poor; the gauge is working. But your fuel, the fuel that you buy into your car, that you see the gauge go like this. When you buy it into that car, the gauge is when you spark the car. One, one, 20 rounds is gone. <laughs> hey. So you'll be sitting there thinking, oh, if I could just get a car. Getting a car is a good thing. Look, one day, let me tell you one story. One day, I, I, bought, I bought a car. Look, when I saw the car... I went for a test drive with the car. I said, wow. This car, it will do wonders. I was excited. When I was doing the... I couldn't sleep. Just waiting to get the car. Then finally, it was a Chrysler. The car came. I sparked a vroom. I took my family for a ride. Look, when I'm driving, my children can walk to the back of the car. Not... They stand tall and they are walking to the back. Now, mind you, the car I was driving before. When the car is full, I put my children in the boot. We used to call the book the workshop. So I tell my child, go to the workshop. Then they will go to the workshop. Then human beings, like peoples, the peoples will sit in the car. Then they go to the workshop. Finally, I've gotten a car. My children don't have to sit in the workshop again. They, they can't even walk in the car. So it's like when I'm driving, they want to ask me a question. They walk to my side. Daddy, then they go. I say, wow, this is, this is the life. Clap for me. Clap for me. Now, the fuel was on full. By two days... My children, no, they could walk in the car. No, walk, walk. I mean, walk. I'm not making up a story. Walk in the car. One pastor called me. He said, I hear you have bought a Chrysler. He said, you are very powerful. (laughs) I didn't understand what he was telling me. (laughs) Until the fuel got finished. So, I bought my level of fuel into the car. I drove it morning by evening. The light came red again. I said, what car is this? <laughs> Look, every day when I sit in the car, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored. Meanwhile, before I bought the car, I <laughs> I felt that that car was going to solve all my problems. It rather made me very sad. Look, I sold the car at, at once. <laughs> First, I took it for servicing only once. When they gave me the cost of the spark plugs, just the plugs, the cost of buying four of it, I said, look, one plaque is able to service my old car, all of it. (laughs) I sold it. (laughs) I don't even need plaques. I'll drive it like that. (laughs) Hey! Oh, I'm telling you. It deceived me completely. I sold the car. Look, I gave that car for a I did a trade. The car they gave me in return was cheaper, far cheaper than the Chrysler. I said, I like it. Give it to me. (laughs) Give it to me. Now, when I sit in that car, I'm driving, I'm happy, I'm smiling. Mm, Freedom. That one, you can't walk in it. There was a new workshop in that car. (laughs) If you are sitting now thinking, oh, if I can just get a guy who will marry me, my problems will be solved. Now, it's a good thing, but it will not necessarily solve all your problems. But Satan will deceive you that that's it. Oh, if I can just get a job. Getting a job is a good thing. My prayer is that everybody will get a job and many people are going to get jobs. But don't be deceived that that's that's the ultimate solution. No. So, in every stage of your life, just know that Satan is deceiving you about. There's something you don't know. There's something, is de- as I'm standing here, about going to the church and church. Look, my church is booming. But there's a deception of it also. Yeah, there's a deception that can lead to pride. There's a deception of, I mean, so many things. You, when you go to the next stage, that's when you realize that, ah, I was deceived at this stage. Just as when you go from high school to university, then you realize that oh high school was is for children. Yeah. It's for children totally. I mean children. I don't mean small people, I mean children. When you finish university, you start working, you will see that ah, when we're in university, we're really stupid. We thought the whole world was revolving around us. How myopic and how small are our minds. That's it. So when you move to the next stage, then you realize that ah, I was deceived. It's deceived. It's the same way disloyalty works. People are just sitting in the church and deceived. Sometimes they are even deceived that oh, they can do what is being done and do it even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can. I mean, sometimes you give people a chance to preach one message that you have to preach, you preach, everybody is clapping for you. Say, oh, you are a very powerful preacher. I mean, this is your message, my God. Ha, 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 ha. Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabatani. What a word that you have shared with us. We have never heard such preaching before. It's not a problem. Of course, if you are given a chance to preach just once a year, I mean, the message has to be powerful. You have to crystallize all your messages together and make it powerful. Let me tell you this story. My time is up. One day, let me be on the stage for this one. We were in the university when a guy came to um, first year. And he came from one of our powerful branches. And apparently at the branch he was a very wild shepherd. So he came to meet us at the university as small, small boys doing church and preaching. So one day, he asked her, when will he be given a chance to preach? I mean, you have just come to the university. You are in first year. The first time I got a chance to preach in the church, I was in final year. I'd been in the church for (laughs) a long time. (laughs) Two years, they never gave. The closest thing they gave to me is a group to lead them pray. Not even the whole church, just a group. He said, when? So my roommate... And I said, Oh, you can not preach, you can start preaching on ter- you can preach on Thursday. Thursday was our weekday service. So he came, he preached. I mean, look, powerful preaching. Let's talk about preaching with power. Powerful preaching. We all clap for him and everything. So when we finished, he finished preaching, handed over the mic. Then we said, what a powerful word. Please clap for Pastor Bobo. Clap for Bobo. Clap for Bobo. (laughs) Then we asked, how many of you want Bobo to preach again? Say, yeah. I have good news for you. On Sunday, preaching here is Bobo. Then Sunday he came. He came to share another powerful word when he finished, we came back. What a powerful word. I believe that on Thursday, we must continue with this preaching. Bobo is preaching on Thursday. Bobo started to look around. <laughs> Thursday came. We introduced Bobo to preach again. Now, when he started to preach on Thursday, you could see that the word is finished. Now, when you are experienced, you can know when the word is. I'm, Pastor don't you know when the word is finished? I mean, when I listen to people preach, I know when the word is finished. I know when the word is finished. When he started to preach on Thursday, I could see that the word is finished. I mean, you look, it's finished. The spark plugs are off. <laughs> so he took some of the first Thursday message and mixed it with the. Sunday message and made it into a message. No problem. Like beef beggar. No problem. Then we <laughs> <laughs> then we came. He said, so on Sunday, Bobo is preaching again. <laughs> now Bobo came to see her, that you see. the the way we are doing, it's like he has to preach all the time. It's it's starting coming up with stories. Oh, no, no, no. We like your preaching. Come in. Look, he never asked to preach again. Look, he used to play the kid from that time when he comes, he just goes to sit behind That's all. Let me tell you another story. Today, Today I'm in a happy mood, so let me tell you another story. One day, I had a pastor visit me. He had come from Bible school and he came to visit me. And when he came to visit me, I said, Oh, preach. Then he preached, nice preaching. And I said, Look, your first preaching, day, when you are given a chance to preach only once, you must preach your best message. As for that, there's nothing wrong with that. All out, preach your best message he finished. And I said, oh, come again next Sunday, Tuesday. By the time we got to the third preaching, I could see that the preaching was getting finished. The word was getting finished. It's like the revelations were getting finished. The windows were getting finished. The the, the scriptures were getting finished. Even the explanation of the key scriptures, you could see that. Ah, where is it? Because he has read the scripture, Ecclesiastes 10:1, death like causes the oil of apothecary to send forth a stinking smell. So a little folly he that is of good behavior. Good. Then he starts to share the revelation. Then you are starting to look for the revelation in the verse. Do you guys like "Ah." ah then you go back to the verse? Yeah. So sometimes you say that. I mean, preaching to thirty people who don't come on time, come very late. Okay. It's not the same as preaching. I asked a guy to preach once. He preached. When he finished, then I asked him to preach here. When he preached here, I asked him, "Hi." So the other one was very powerful but here. <laughs> So I asked are you saying that my church members don't know how to listen to preaching? <laughs> so no, but I say yes. So I gave you the chance to preach here, to let you realize that depending on the platform and the level so that I can help you to develop yourself. This is the guy, the short man over there. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm pointing because there was no bad spirit behind the thing. But it's like, I use it to teach him. So you have to, for you to have a smaller congregation is different. A bigger congregation is also different. So you can't give the same size of message to 30 people. It's like, you have organized, you have gone to KFC, you have bought a bucket for 10 people. Now 100 people have got, gathered. You still bought one bucket. It will not be enough for them. Yes. Yeah. It's no unless you multiply it. It can't be enough. Folks, the time is running away from me. So I've just preached for 50 minutes, but the time is gone. Next week we continue. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer. May God deliver you from every deception of the devil. Lift your hands and pray for yourself just shortly. Pray for yourself pray that God, open my eyes to this beautiful family that you have given us. Open my eyes, Lord. Open my eyes to it. Open my Let me see. Let me see. Let me see what you have blessed us with. And let me fight for it. Let me stand by it. Let me help build it in the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus help us help us dear Lord help us 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 oh God may we not be deceived Lord may we not be trapped into groups groups that are not what you are doing Let us be part of the big family first and totally Lord. And deliver us from deception. Deception Lord. Deliver us from deception oh God. Let us see clearly the beautiful thing you have given us. The beautiful thing you have given us. The beautiful thing you have given us. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. May every deception that the devil has placed in your life be uncovered by God to you, that you will see clearly, to see clearly Lord, we bless you we bless you, thank you for deliverance thank you for deliverance thank you for deliverance Lord in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus lift your hands, let's pray Father thanks a million for this beautiful family tonight open our eyes to the reality that you've put us in a good place. Help us to stand for it, fight for it, defend it and build it in the mighty name of Jesus. We come against every deception of the devil. May none of us here be deceived by the enemy to turn against what you have used us to build in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We bless you. Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Say a nicer amen. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Wonderful. You may be seated. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083 God richly bless you.